Hey everybody, it is time for San Bernardino Real Talk with Treasure and Letty. And we are here to recap last night's council meeting. Um, it was a whole lot. We've got a lot to discuss, so let's just jump right into it. Do you have the first topic you want to cover? Yeah, um, well, I wanted to just say really quickly that um, something that wasn't necessarily on the agenda last night, but something that we've been talking about was the the city clerk and the city attorney um, salaries being um, decreased, we think, illegally. But um, So we have a special guest on our, our first guest on our podcast, attorney, San Bernardino attorney Tim Prince, who is going to talk a little bit about that because if some of you saw the post by Treasure earlier today from a public records request, um, turns out that the $52,000 in savings that we had has been all used up by the retainer for the attorneys to to um, argue this case. So, um, Tim, if you could talk a little bit about what, that happened, what happened there and what that means. Well, a number of us... Uh yourselves included, uh, warned the city council that any savings was uh, fictional because they were going to get sued. It was an easy lawsuit to win. And even if the city somehow was able to win uh, and prevail in the lawsuit, they would still be responsible for legal costs, which will exceed the amount of the supposed savings. So there was no way for the taxpayers to win. And sure enough, thanks to the uh, hard work of uh, Treasure, it appears that the city has hired an out-of-town law firm to represent them. And by the terms of the contract, the attorneys can spend up to $50,000 in attorney's fees before the council even approves it. So the city manager has signed this contract to spend $50,000 on lawyers to defend the lawsuits filed by the city attorney and the city clerk that were elected by the people and are being deprived of the ability to serve out their four-year terms because the city wants to grossly underpay them. And that's not allowed under California law. You have to pay elected officials at a reasonable fee. If if you're cutting all officials, you can trim their salary a little bit. You can't gut their salary just because you're upset with them or because they blew the whistle on you. And so can you explain a little bit about why we're paying outside counsel versus BB&K, who we have a retainer with? Because BB&K told them if you can read anything between the lines, their hired attorneys told them this is not a good legal position for the city. The city should not be investing uh, resources in trying to fight these people in court and and they shouldn't chop their salaries uh, above what the law allows. And yet the city council had already had its plan and went ahead and cut the salaries over half. Wow. So um, for some of the background noise that you're hearing, we should just probably let you know that um, we're actually here at Don Ramon's in the first ward. We had some tacos and we were discussing with some other San Bernardino residents some uh, thoughts and ideas that they had. But just in case you're wondering what that background noise is, it's, it's the carne asada. It's the carne asada. <laughs> <laughs> I 
would just the, that was the most important thing is that this podcast tonight is a collection of the three of us plus uh, community members who've reached out and expressed their concerns about last night and this was actually what we're discussing right now was a closed session um, it was on the agenda in closed session so it's you know the council is very aware right now of their expenditure and their cost to the city and what's really unfortunate is this was sold to the council by Bill Asaley, who is no longer the chief of staff to the mayor. And this was a mayor's concoction of, of a plan that uh, Mr. Prince got up and provided actual case law against this and told them that the litigation was going to be, that there was going to be pending litigation because it had already been resolved in the courts that it was against the law to do that. So. I think that's the number one thing is that regardless of what our legal is telling us, regardless of what the people say, the mayor and council do what they want at the cost to the voters. And that's irresponsible representation. Yeah. So so anyway, um, that's, that's the update on the city. And do you know when they will be going to court? Uh, I believe they have a court date uh, next month in August. And by the way, the bill could exceed fifty thousand dollars. That's just that's just until the time that's the council approves it, which we don't know if they approved it last uh, Wednesday or if that'll be some. Well, it's in the future. fifty thousand, so it's under the threshold for a board approval. Right. Uh, I believe that the threshold is seventy-five thousand. So anything under that, just. So that our audience knows, anything under seventy-five thousand does not need board approval, and the city manager is well within their right to sign away to, to up to seventy-five thousand dollars for any given matter. Um, so I want to talk about the meeting last night. Something really interesting happened. There was public comment, lots of public comment, <laughs> but my favorite moment came when our very own superstar. Pedro Ortiz went up and, you know, gave the council another rendition of, like, what the hell are you guys really doing here? Um, And it was awesome, and she was amazing. But when she left, people started clapping, of course, because what she says is resonating with the community. So people started clapping, and the mayor literally just looked right into the camera and said, hey, no clapping. That's it. You know, you're not allowed to clap. <laughs> um, I just, you know, I thought that was like so funny. But can you share what your thoughts were when you were walking away from the podium and he's like, "Stop clapping for her." <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Well, everybody just looked. They were just like, "Are you serious right now?" Because that's their expression. The things that are being said by the people, and, and other people have gotten applause. It's that. This resonates. The, me- the message that we give to each other resonates with each other. And the fact that he wants to shut it down, and this really led to, you know, th- this was part of the discussion in, in item 26. No clapping, no expression of dissatisfaction, no, no signs. Um, they're not going to allow the public to express anything other than what they qualify as positivity towards them. And you know what the irony of that whole situation is? After he said that, the no clapping thing and after he um you know they talked about this they were going to talk about the no signs and no no outbursts from the community etc but 
a gentleman went to up to the podium and started saying really nice things about the mayor, and the mayor gave him an extra minute. Right? And shut... <laughs> No shame, like no none, like zero fucks given. Oh, you like me? You get to speak for another whole fucking minute. Which was very disrespectful because he shut down and interrupted other speakers, uh, like Shirley. And it was, and it's unfair. And the thing is, is beyond whether people like what I'm saying or don't like what I'm saying or anybody else for that matter. As American, it, it is our constitutional and just natural born right to speak up against or for our government and to ever be shut down or restricted in our expression of our representatives or our expression or love or dissatisfaction that to me is absolutely un-American, unconstitutional I I can't stand for it and they are passing policies and regulations against that and that's really a national trend at this point but you know what, not in San Bernardino there was well, a so trend under the Davis administration to he started it to stop public participation, to minimize commissions, uh, encourage the public to stay out of city hall and not to participate, and and the meeting rules changed. So where you used to be able to comment after hearing the city manager's report or the staff report, so that you knew what you were talking about and you knew which way they might be headed, you could make your comment intelligently. Uh, during the meeting, you could you could be part of things, and and then Carrie Davis uh, arbitrarily put all the public comments at the beginning, so everybody just lines up. No matter which of the thirty items you want to speak on, it's just all in a row. Nobody can remember what was said. There's no organization, and we thought that some of us thought that perhaps Mayor Valdivia would be a, a refreshing break from that. That maybe he would. Um, you know, well, swing he the is, pendulum as back long as you're towards nice things about participation. Him. And you in fact, as long as you want. he's just continuing. You he's continuing the trend. He, he he did relax a couple of the rules at the beginning, but now it seems like it's there's no improvement. Well, no, she read the. I I don't think she can read because she she was quoting the agenda last night, saying that it's a restriction and they can the mayor can restrict timing and we don't allow it and it's like they have whittled their own time to speak away they don't speak unless they're told what to say and how can you have respect for people who have limited their own voice and have no problem doing it to the people well here's how because you made a comment last night about the emperor with no clothes yeah (laughs) so our emperor john valdivius actually said this at the meeting last night he said you can you can, this meeting is, uh, you can compare it to that of a Supreme Court hearing, <laughs> and that's the kind of respect that we need here. Uh, no, actually, that is, it's actually the complete opposite of a Supreme Court hearing type of situation. Look, the city council meeting is a public meeting for the people, not for the politicians. Right. They're only there because we elected them to to do the work on behalf of us. Yeah. But the meeting is for us. It's not for them. No. It's not his meeting, and it's not a. It's not. A, it's nothing like it's a, not a court. Like a and he doesn't even have the moral perpetuity to serve on a jury. But there is one thing, judge, give me a break. That it does have in common with the courthouse, and that is that he does have a gavel. But you know what? Don't get off crazy with that gavel. That it's. That's right. It's. Yeah, it's. it's so I thought that was like really telling about what he really thinks about who he is and what's happening there. Yeah, he's a joke. 
and because that was a joke. And that's that's the problem is when the people that are elected think they're above the people they serve. Right. And all these rules and regulations, and like Fred, Fred called them out, I, I totally have to post Fred's um, comment last night, was, of course you don't want signs, because they, they're not saying what they what you want no, them to say. No, because they say, recall Valdivia. That's right. And of course you don't want to hear the public speak, because you're doing a dissatisfaction to the public. Right. So it, it, this is this is going to come back. That agenda is coming back with recommendations from the city. So um, we have time to protest it, and I'm asking those who come to the meeting next week to come with signs yeah, and happy sign. hands, clap. ready to clap. Because you know, get those clappers. We can't deny our right, or we should ne- always fight for our right to speak our minds, express ourselves. This is America. Even in the Supreme Court, there is a respect for dissent. And dissenting justices are granted the time to express themselves and read their opinion out loud if they so desire. But apparently at City Hall, the rules are different based on whether you agree with the mayor or you disagree with the mayor. That's right. And especially when we have had these same people speak so poorly of previous mayors and and never one second, they may have not have liked it, but you know what? They did it. And so now when the, when the shoe's on the other foot, give me a friggin' break. Yeah, that was pretty bad. So now let's talk about the... Um, hey, speaking of signs, where was Gary signs? Oh, he doesn't show up to work anymore. Well, they limited his pay, so I wouldn't show well, up I wouldn't either. show up either. So, um... Uh, Somebody is not happy with their taco. <laughs> it's too bad that uh, the city clerk's lawsuit got thrown in with the city attorneys because I, I think the city clerk's lawsuit is is very, very strong. She works hard. She shows up for work every day. She is truly a public servant, and she attends every meeting. And we know that because we've done several public records and we get them. Without her, the city would come to a grinding halt. There would be no council meeting. Uh, minutes there would be no public record requests there would be uh, difficulty with the agenda well that's the point when John came in as mayor he went to the city staff and said he wanted to control public records he went to Andrea and told him that he was going to do his through his office so this has been an ongoing and this is the end result of the fight that he's been trying to have. He wants to control the information because anybody who wants to control information is doing shady shit. And that is exactly what he's doing. Well, okay, that brings us to something else that happened at the the meeting last night. Um, And that is that, once again, when the discussion turns to cannabis, he again immediately walked off unannounced, just walked off the dais. As he's done many, many times. Many times. We've seen that happen. And so... Did you say walked off or slithered off? <laughs> well, I'm going to say walked, but more I like, would accept He didn't slithered. even say, excuse me, I have to leave. He just kind of slithered and, off. And the scene knows. Oh, like, she's like, okay, my turn. Here I go. But here's the thing. This time, um, council member Fred Charette actually said, wait a minute. Why is he leaving? Where is he going? Explain. Do we have an explanation? And... Um, so it was on the record last night why he was leaving the diet. So you want to talk about that? Yeah. Um, so Gigi had to read a statement that John Valdivia has a financial interest in the topic of which they were talking about, which is the cannabis regulation in our city. So he is either an owner, an investor, a shareholder. Uh, he's he's done something of which that the licensing factor is something he cannot be he is directly to. involved directly in some way. involved and I'm I'm really interested in where his 700 form is 
to express that economic interest and who's giving him money as well as he's also, which was funny to me that Juan stayed on the dais because John directly uh, donated to Juan and that's also cannabis money. Cannabis, other cannabis uh, people have donated to them. So how that many is conflict true. of interest? How does that work? Let's ask Tim. Tim, please. Because John Valdivia contributed large amounts of money and finance to Juan Figueroa's campaign. And his money, a lot of it, came from cannabis, allegedly. So why why not Juan also? Okay, well, if it's political, if it's a legal political contribution, then there's no conflict of interest. It's it's a one campaign account to the other. My concern is if the if the mayor has some interest in a business that has clients that are directly benefiting from the city's canvas laws and and have dealings with the city involving the council's authority and the city's regulation of cannabis. Uh, that's a real serious problem, yeah. and that's a that's a major issue in our city right now. And the mayor walking off the dais uh, might be the minimum for legal purposes, but it, it doesn't solve our problem of having elected officials that put the public interest first and not their financial interest. Do you think he should resign over the matter? Well, I I don't know enough about it to make that call, but it certainly is a concern. Um, if, if he uh, has the ability to run the meetings, he's not supposed to have direct authority over the city manager anymore, but um, his relationship with the city staff that has to deal with these clients of his or clients of clients mm -hmm. is very problematic. I, I gotta point something out. John's relationship and his uh, two legislative interns, um, there's a real they're violating the charter with how they are trying to operate and run uh, the operate the day-to-day -day operations of the city and watching that presentation last night his legislative it is not their job to go to the yards to go on ride-alongs to mitigate and manage anything city employees do and they're doing that and I'm watching John's relation now relationship now with Terry he's a figurehead he is not in the charter to manage legislate or, or but break a tie in the necessity of a, of a tie the council is a legislative body so this crap that the scene reads that this is a new charter well how about you follow it and the, I just, I don't get that dynamic that they're not, no, and nobody on the dais is calling it out. Nobody's saying a word that the mayor is part of the daily operations of the city. Yeah, that is, that is problematic. That's totally problematic. Because the city manager is beholden to him. Yes. If, if his... As we saw last night. If he stops supporting the, the city manager... She's not she the city doesn't manager. have the votes to stay the city manager. That's right. And that was so apparent... Her contract was on the agenda last night, publicly debated, and watching what Teddy, because Teddy, you know what's going to happen by the cue that John gives Teddy Sanchez, and that was pre-planned. Whenever Teddy makes a motion, it's because John told him what to do, and Juan followed in line, the scene followed in line, and Henry followed in line. So can you tell us what happened? What was that? So she was given a motion. raised, uh, the motion was to accept her... Um, her contract, 18 months, 60-day uh, termination, if, you know, either way or resignation, and she was going, she's going to receive a 3.5% increase August 1st, 
and it's only for the term of 18 months. And during that time, they're going to go out and they're going to do a search. So Fred's motion was that they keep her at 210000 and make her the city manager. It's, Which is a perfectly good motion. Well, but she and, and the, 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 this is the kicker, though. If she gets a raise, the chief of police gets a raise. Why is that? It's, it's written into the MOU. And the chief of police has been the high. He makes with everything over over three hundred thousand dollars with benefits. He's the highest. Three hundred and twenty thousand. And guess who the next chief of police is trying to be? Eric McBride. McBride, who is sitting in the pocket of the mayor and the POA president, Brian Lewis, who is right there next to him, renegotiating at four hundred thirty-five thousand dollars into the new budget, while they cut officers out of our city. If, if if you can't see this, you are Ray Charles. Yeah. So, what do you think about that? Tim? Whatever happened to merit raises? Uh, what if what if we have a really great police chief that deserves a raise? Does that mean that the city manager should automatically get a raise? I mean, that's just it's just a waste of taxpayer funds. So, all of this stuff is what is helping us move forward back into bankruptcy. We, we will be bankrupt next year. You know, Cheryl Brown and, and Hardy Brown brought up very good points. Our police department individually, everybody is at over six per, have paid over 6% the average. And at $85 million out of a $100 million budget, because you deduct what we automatically have to pay for PERS, we're at $100 million a year. They can't function at 85% of our budget. And the top 30 paid employees in our city all come from PD. Yeah, so all of that is very concerning, um, which is why we are doing this, so like people can know the things that happen after the meeting. So also happening at yesterday's meeting was um, a contract that we made public on the San Bernardino City Hall tracker, but we were talking about a firm that was allegedly a San Bernardino local firm, mm. but they have a virtual office in, in, on Hospitality Lane that anybody can pay 20 bucks a month and use. And um, they're actually located in Corona, and they're called Z&K Consulting, owned by Zaki and Karen Faki. And I think that the principal, the woman in the firm, uh, recently passed away, so, you know, sorry to hear that. But this individual, ZNK Consulting, these individuals, I should say, um, worked in conjunction with Alex, the current public works and engineering guy who does, the guy who was talking last night. Yeah. And so they worked in Upland together. And during the conversation about whether or not they should get this no-bid contract, which is illegal, um, the city manager kind of just blurted out, well, we give contracts to people if we like them. <laughs> right? Um, no, because that's a big fat no-no. And I don't know why BB&K just sits there and doesn't say, you might want to change don't know what they're doing. your wording on that because what you said is you're condoning the legal activity in the city of San Bernardino. HR did the same thing with their contract. She said it out loud in a public meeting on the record. For is this the same the Upland that uh, was raided by the FBI? It is. It is. Now, to be clear, Z&K Consulting, they do inspections and provide reports. That's what they do. They don't actually do any real work. A civil engineer has to oversee the... Pro you have to have a civil engineer over a engineering project. And right. the fact that the city... 
does not employ the public works director and normally written into the classification is your public works director is an engineer and oversees the engineering department. And that's why you don't pay an exorbitant and amount. And can hire an individual to do these you reports. Have, you have principal inspectors. That's right. right. This, the, why, so, oh. in six months, this firm, just in six months, this firm has gotten from us, from you, taxpayers, $350,000 to write a two, three-page report. Show up and sign off sometime. Right. And so, rightfully so, it was it was postponed until more information. Henry Nichols questioned it. Apparently, he got the information that we posted. <laughs> so the so, outside engineers are making even more than the outside lawyers. So this is how, like, it, just in this conversation, we're talking like almost a million dollars that was spent last night. Yeah. With just, just in this conversation in the last twenty minutes. The lack of transparency and the, and the rise of corruption. This is, and I will continue to say, this is how Bell, Beaumont, Maywood, Adelanto. This is how cities fail. This is how feds come in, and this is what happens when you allow people to pick and choose their friends, show no documentation or background. They never showed one single bit on HR or Public Works's agenda item that showed what the other people were offering. And the fact that Helen sat there on an HR and said that they negotiated down fifty thousand dollars to one of the other people. I'm sorry. Did you give that same opportunity to the other people that you interviewed? But did they like them? No. That she really, she really like likes somebody to give them a contract. You don't do that. Like it's <laughs> and they and they say it and it's on the record. Oh, we we work with this so, guy. It's just so blatant. Like he's my best friend and we can have lunch, right? Like, I mean, it'd be one thing if you were talking about an area of, of critical skill of an engineer to design something just the way you want it or some kind of sensitive uh, professional service like that. But if all it is is reviewing reports and, and making reports of other people's work, give me a break. That's that's good work if you can find it. Yeah, it's yeah. like a gazillion dollars per hour. Sign Why aren't you hiring a, a public works director who is also the city engineer? Two for one. And again, it's you know they've worked together in other cities so they know each other and they like each other but that brings me to something else that happened at the meeting last night the committee the committees um, and commissions that were um, commissioners that were reappointed Um, and you know let's talk about what is nepotism who wants to answer that what is nepotism so the legal kind of nepotism is where you uh, are perhaps a public official and you award a contract to a relative or a spouse or something of that nature. Position or a friend or someone you like. Well, I don't That's think favoritism. a friend would be nepotism, but That's yeah. Favoritism. Yeah, that would be favoritism. Right. So related. how about if you make your baby mama a commissioner? A romantic interest is a nepotism. And, and it's inappropriate because there is a sexual harassment component to it because a physical relationship, and this is the HR side of it, uh, that's influence on top of a distribu- an undistributed uh, equalization of power. Yeah. He has power and authority over her in the position, in a home position, is now in a public setting. Right. So then, to be clear, there are three things that breed corruption. Nepotism, favoritism, we like you, we're going to hire you, and cronyism. 
keeping the same people that will keep all your secrets and know where all the bodies are buried. That's cronyism, right? So those have are your the back. things. Those are the three things that are prevalent in this city. Like we have all of that going on. So um, wow, that's we have a recipe. Well, and it's sad because it's, you know, what little public participation we have left under our city manager charter, uh, with all the commissions they've done away with and combined and merged, uh, to to not even give the few remaining positions to a broad, uh, diverse section of the the public, the best qualified people, rather than your baby mama. Right. Which, when she was baby mama under Valdivia, it wasn't a problem. And, and this is a kicker. So I emailed Juan. I, got, I had a conversation with him. And I asked him, why would you do this? And his thing was, I got a lot of pressure. I reached out to the animal shelter community and the nonprofits. And, and they, they, they told, I wasn't going to do it. And they made me. It really put, and they I'm like. They made me. And I was just like, I wrote him back and I said, you're the elected official. You have the final say. In this position, you are going to be pushed by people who have special interests and Want and want benefits from your position. Right. That's when you say no. Hey guys, look. Well, Joey's, now we know he's a pushover. And, well, and what, that she showed his true colors in writing. You say, you know what, guys? Jody is related to me, and the dynamics changing. I will find someone in the ward who is as equally dedicated. I cannot reappoint her. But isn't it true that in his email to you, he he said that his constituents, yeah, wanted her, and so. And, yeah, and shelter people. The shelter people, so like Alice Chow, for example, uh-huh. who does support yeah, She came on my Facebook and supported her. Yeah. Here's the problem with that. Alice Chow lives in Colton. Well, she's not a constituent. And she has a vested interest she's in She has a special shelter. interest. Right. So let's just say that. Well, right. and, that's, and that's the thing. It's And what bothers me is that this is such a, a light issue. As far as commissions going, imagine what he's going to do on a really unethical shit. Right. That's the problem. Now, he did change. He took her off the arts and uh, his historic preservation committee. He said that was a mistake. Okay. So now that's open to the community. So if anybody's interested in that, they should definitely apply. But what we found out is that it's not easy to find these applications online. and um, I posted them to my Facebook. Okay, great. Um, so basically, that's what happened at the meeting last night. There was a couple big things. Um, a couple of stores got um, they had hearings and they gave away some provisional liquor licenses. Um, we really got to see Teddy. Oh, Really, you know, give his opinion about how he is not a fan of liquor at all. He needs. You know what? He needs a drink. He needs to <laughs> back because he is angry. And to be angry and sober, like. Oh my God! And you know yeah, what? Yeah, it seems really uptight. It hurts commerce. You know these businesses. Look, I believe in the freedom of the individual. If I'm going to drink, why are you prohibiting me? Because you don't like it. You know what? The people want to walk in the store. They want convenience. That's why it's called a convenience store. They want to go buy a thirty-two dollar handle instead of going to Stater Brothers. That's on them. Yeah. And you know what? If people here had jobs, they wouldn't loiter. If people here had homes, they wouldn't be sleeping on in front of businesses. So address the real issues and don't hold up a business for wanting a liquor license. Give me yeah. a break. So, it wasn't just but, his vote. Fred Charette uh, directly stated that he was going to vote against it because the councilman for that ward had a feeling that he didn't want uh, another uh, hard liquor uh, dealer. So... 
he actually got tubos just based on his personal predilection that he doesn't like alcohol. Right. That's it, but I, you know what? I I get that because I get the argument Fred had. It, look, you're the council member. This is your ward. So I kind of get that argument. But the the fact that Teddy would hurt commerce in his own ward, I thought Fred should have been like, "Hey, these people are willing to do whatever you're asking." Well, he did say also that because um, it's close to a church. But in fairness, the church has wine, so. Right. There's that. <laughs> I've, I've been to church with a lot of drunk people. Let me tell you, Saturday night rolls into Sunday morning real fast. Yeah. So it was interesting <laughs> on that item that um, the vote was a tie, and uh, the mayor broke the tie by supporting the application and he negotiated over, overturning it. <laughs> the planning commission. But wasn't decision. it creepy as fuck how he was like, "Well, what's going to happen if I vote on this?" Then you'll break the count. The, the council, the legal council, told them. Then you'll break the tie. Yeah. Like what? What was he? What was that? That was like a weird exchange. Yeah. I think it, somebody it needs to do some research about whether the market or the owners of the market or the family contributed to Mr. Valdivia. I was thinking the same exact thing last night, and I know I'm not the only one. No, because let's definitely check that, that out definitely. because it seemed like he was all for going against the planning commission in both cases. He negotiated right out the bat how to get them the license. Yeah. With the second one, he said. Now remember, everybody, the keyword here is or. Yeah. He already knew. Like, right? These, this is the problem. This is how you know they're violating the Brown Act. You know how deals are going shit behind the door, behind the scenes, because they already know what they're going to do and say before they can. No discussion takes place. No. And, and then, can you explain what the Brown Act is for our audience? Because some people might not know what is the Brown Act. So, what is it, Tim? So, the Brown Act was uh, an important reform in California government that requires a notice posted before council meetings, um, 72 hours in advance. You have to have all the topics to be discussed, uh, and you have to obviously tell people where you're going to meet, when you're going to meet, and preserve the right of the public to participate and of course our city allows the almost the very minimum participation of uh, three minutes uh, and they even they don't even let you speak on every item they they limit your ability to speak to uh, what is it three or six right. minutes total so because of that if a voting quorum meet and discuss an issue it is a violation of that act because they did not post a meeting and they did not allow for the public to have access to that conversation. So that's what makes it illegal to do that. Am I correct? That's right. They, they can't even discuss topics that are going to be on the agenda if there's more, if there's more than um, three council members present. And it's, and it's not just that. It extends to email. Like, you can't send, you know, three of the other council members an email and say, what do you guys think about this issue? I think I'm not going to vote for it, because that is a violation of the Brown Act. Uh, it's a violation if you talk on the phone, a, seri a serial Cereal conversations, etc. Yeah. Et well, that's so, why these ad hoc committees are very worrisome to me, because you have three council members on each of these very powerful, going to put on the agenda and vote for things that have already made up their mind. And their public meetings. That's right. So yeah. it's it yeah it's it's a whole lot but you know what I think we've covered a lot we wanted to make sure we keep this short and sweet for you guys and you know just keep following along because this stuff like you can't make it up and it's really happening 
Yeah. So the next council meeting is moving to the Feldheim Library mm -hmm. off of 5th Street in the downtown area. Do we know if that's going to be televised? I don't know if it's set up yet. It, it will be. Whether it will be ready is the question. Yeah. But if nothing else, I will live stream it. Okay, good. And we'll make sure that you have... So, if you have any questions or, you know, you want to give us any feedback, post your comments here um, in the comment section after this podcast. And we're going to keep bringing you the real talk from San Bernardino, and we're going to be meeting in different spots in different wards around the, um, the, uh, the city so that we can bring you this information and just keep calling out the corruption and the toxic... Um, atmosphere that prevails in our city right yep it's been an honor uh, talking with you two bright ladies and uh, thank you for everything you do thank you mr tim all right san bernardino have a Thanks, good night guys. bye